Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, thank you so much for taking time to do this. It's going to be great having you here on Friday for the USA Film Festival. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Kind of a bit of a coming home for you because I know that you uh, you graduated high school from around these parts. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I know this is certainly not going to be your first time uh, around here. So, uh, But it's great to have you back. Uh, I'm curious, when you come into a place like Dallas or just anywhere in the DFW Metroplex, like, are there certain places that, for you are, you know, I've got to make it a point to stop by here. I've got to make it a point to eat here. Like, do you have kind of those favorite places to go? Well, in Fort Worth, that's where I'm from. So probably going to have some barbecue, <laughs> you know, favorite, at Coker's. Favorite, Coker's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's a really good place. Yeah. Was there a place like when you when you were when you were going to high school back here? Was there a favorite hangout? Because I know there's some places that are still around, but a lot uh, has changed over the years. Yeah, both the places I went to are gone. It was uh, Lone Star Drive-In and Carlson's Drive-In, but they're both gone. Yeah, I wasn't um, talking about movie theaters, but there is a big uh, drive-in movie theater that is pretty new in Fort Worth near the river. That's, I think, very, very successful. Did you ever go to Keller's? That was another kind of drive-in place to eat. What and that's actually, that's actually still around. Keller's, I'm trying to think of when they first opened, but I know it's been around for, like, you know, 50, 60 years or something. It's been here for a long time. But that's more yeah, in the uh, Dallas yeah. area. I didn't come to Dallas very much. I didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll make sure you you get to some good places while you're here. And, and back in the 60s, you know, Fort Worth and Dallas were kind of, I guess, feuding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never people understood. from Fort Worth didn't go to Dallas, and people from Dallas didn't go to Fort Worth. You know, and I never understood that. I've lived here my whole life, and I always wondered why there seemed to be that disconnect. Now, it seems like we very much have passed that now. But 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 it does seem like back in, in those days that, you know, people really, you're right, there was kind of this weird sort of dividing line of, you know, you're yeah, either a strange. Fort Worth person or a Dallas person. Uh-huh. I guess <laughs> so. they felt the Fort Worth people were kind of, you know, hillbilly types or something, you know, cowboys. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to talk about um, uh, The Man Who Felt the Earth because, I mean, it, it's such a great film. But I, I wanted to, before we get to that, I did want to ask you a couple of quick questions about American Graffiti because it's such a favorite film of mine. And uh, and I know that was really kind of a, that was a big showcase uh, breakout role for you. Uh, you got nominated for an Academy Award for that. And, I mean, it was uh, working with George Lucas kind of in the beginning of his career and everything. And I'm curious because I've I've spoken to a lot of different people. I've interviewed a lot of people over the years that, people that have worked with George on other projects. And uh, I know that like later in his life, he was very meticulous about sticking to the script. And, uh, but I also know that when you guys shot American Graffiti, because that was filmed in what, 29 days. I mean, it was like a yeah, kind 28 of a crazy, nights. 28 
crazy times. short schedule. Yeah, that's amazing that mm-hmm. you guys were able to do that. Now, did, was he a real stickler at that time for, like, you have to stick to the script, or was there a little more freedom for you I guys? stuck to the script. I don't know about the other actors, but uh, Charlie and Charles Martin Smith and I stuck to the script, you know? Yeah. The script was really good. There was no reason not to stick with it. Right, absolutely. You know, unless you were too lazy to memorize your lines. But uh, <laughs> they had a, a guy, every time we were going to work, they had this uh, man named Gino Havis, Havens, who was running the lines with us before we went to work. So we'd have them memorized when we got to the set. Because it was low budget and there was no time to be wasted you know, making a bunch of mistakes. And, it, you know, if you didn't get it right within one or two takes, then he was just, you know, accepting it as it was and moving forward. Didn't have enough time, a lot of time just to piddle around and with with the actors. So then, if you didn't get it right, we were moving on. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the film and I love your role in that and I and I also you mentioned Charles Martin Smith who I've always said is a criminally underrated actor uh do you have any particular memories from when you guys were working on uh, those scenes you were in together and like what were some of the things that that kind of stood out or maybe anything unexpected that happened or uh any any stories to come out of that it was just really kind of uh unexpected it was very cold in Petaluma where we shot that mm-hmm. was kind of unexpected uh, up in the Bay Area, it's really chilly at night. It was just very long hours, and there was no place to sit. It was really low budget. <laughs> no, not a lot of not a lot of fancy trailers. And, yeah, yeah, including the music. The whole thing cost eight hundred fifty thousand. He got all those songs, forty-one songs for forty thousand dollars. That's, that's um, so amazing. Yeah. You know, those, yeah, I mean, especially when you, when you think about, like, that movie, if you tried to make that movie today, the amount of money that it would cost, I mean, like you said, with the music alone, I mean, it, it, there's, there's just no way, there's no yeah, way. Yeah, you could probably you know. spend 850000 on just the music alone today, but <laughs> uh, because of those, those artists' careers were kind of uh, quiet and, you know, passe at the time, you know, it was time of the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, more... It was 1972, so he was able to get their their music for a good price, and it revived a lot of the uh, the the careers of those singers. And they went on to have a revival, and the whole oldie thing kind of reblossomed again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it really was, in a lot of ways, the movie that started the concept of being able to build like a, a, you know, a snappy soundtrack and something that people would really want, you know, and, and people really started thinking about, you know, movies can have great soundtracks, you know, and, and, yeah. and it, it really kind of birthed that, I think, for a lot of films to come. It sure did. George Lucas, you know, he's a real innovator and he's really got in on the toy uh, marketing for movies and stuff like that, but he didn't do it for graffiti, but you know, the Star Wars, I think he made a ton of money just making the toys and T-shirts. And so, yeah, he's a smart guy. Yeah. Well, and since you mentioned Star Wars, I will ask you this. I, I know that you, you had read for Princess Leia. Do you, what was your no, memory of No, I that? never did. That's <laughs> false information? Total false, false. yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to make sure that that never, gets uh, corrected out there. Never read for it. 
<laughs> I called George and I asked him, um, you know, can I try out for that? And he said, well, we're just not going to have any graffiti people in the movie. And um, then he goes and hires Harrison. <laughs> but, um, you know, he told me up front that, you know, he told me no. So... I will make sure that the the work gets out that that is much information, and I apologize for uh no crap. no problem <laughs> I know uh, I've got to even try out for it so much well less now, yet. Uh-huh. well now uh let's let's talk a little bit about uh the man who felt the earth now, this was nineteen seventy six and this was kind of uh i mean in a way like you said with George doing Star Wars, he kind of brought in a new sort of way of looking at sci fi but before that, I think you had a lot of what I consider really visionary and, and psychedelic sci-fi films that I think, you know, really have to this day have left a real lasting impression on people and become, you know, these cult classic movies. And I know that you, now you were the first person at the time to be uh, cast in the film. Like you actually were cast in that before David Bowie was brought in. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I sure and was. Then, and then bringing in someone like like David to play that part uh, at at the time, I'm I'm curious. First of all, were you yourself uh, a fan of his work? Did you were you very familiar with him at the time, or was it more? Of a, I was familiar, but not very familiar. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to any of his concerts or anything. I did see that movie that he did, the Ziggy Stardust movie. I went to see that when I lived in New York City, but you know I wasn't a real fan of his music or anything at the time and that turned out to be a really good thing because after uh we did the film i went to a concert and i became a fan so you know i probably would have been impossible to work with if i had been a fan before (laughs) you know what i mean exactly yeah i'd be all good good gaga and intimidated so it was a good thing i wasn't a fan and he was just another actor and uh, so we're kind of on equal footing in my mind. What was what was it like uh, working with someone like him who was so, I mean, you already had had some films under your belt at that point, but he was really kind of new to all this and, and not, I mean, was was it more of a learning process for him or did it seem like he just Not kind of at all. He, he was totally prepared. Whenever we would uh, be working on a scene or shooting a scene, we'd be running lines for the next scene. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of dialogue, and it was really, really good dialogue. You didn't want to change it. So uh, we would, uh, in between takes, when they were setting up lighting and stuff, back then it used to take a long time. Now with digital, you know, there's just bare minimal lighting. But back then it was a long process, and there was a lot of downtime. So we would be working on the next scene. And it turned out to be really good that he was a musician and he liked to rehearse. And most musicians, they, when they go to a new city, they go to the, the arena and they do the show, you know, rehearse it. And then, so that turned out to be a really good thing because the easiest and quickest way for me to learn lines is to say them out loud with the other actor mm-hmm. and hear the other lines. So. Uh, he was a really good working partner that way, really great. A lot of actors don't like to run the dialogue, which is a handicap for me, mm-hmm. but uh, he was great that way. I remember reading uh, trivia on this, and, and they were saying that you spent a total of 96 and a half hours in the makeup chair while this I film did. was 
<laughs> that was just that was just getting it put on. That's I intense. didn't add the time getting it taken off. Oh my god. <laughs> I was just getting it put on. Oh my god. It was so tedious. <laughs> when you go and through an experience uh, like when you go through an experience like that, like afterwards I would imagine you don't well, even want to touch makeup at that point. <laughs> yeah, I just thought just to keep track, just for my knowledge and I'm glad I did because it was two 40-hour work weeks just sitting in a chair, plus oh, more. But, uh, but at first, we just had this old-timey barber chair, you know, and those with the red leatherette and the porcelain arms. Mm-hmm. Very, very uncomfortable. Very, very. And the arm kept falling off. And finally, I just, I just said, we've got to get a better chair. And... Uh, I said, how about a dentist chair, you know, where I can lie down, and then they just push the button and the chair comes up. And that, and that turned out to be a really, really good makeup chair on long for long, tedious makeup. So I could lie down and they could bring the chair, you know, the makeup artist could bring the chair up to them and not be bent over in awkward positions for hours on end. So I could kind of doze while they were... Well, outside of the intense makeup sessions that you had, I mean, was the film itself when you were shooting it, you said you obviously spoke about working with David and how, you know, there was a comfort level there. Were there any particularly challenging moments that you remember working on that film, uh, anything that maybe uh, uh, was a particularly rough day? Uh, Well, all the days were really, really fun, but there was the one day where I had to, bring him down the corridor and put him in bed at the hotel room. And um, we were, I thought, you know, I told the director, yeah, I think I can pick him up (laughs) for real. (laughs) (laughs) And so I tried. And even though he's thin, his bones are heavy. And so I I had to, you know, I had his legs up and his back up and I had him squeezed, but I couldn't lift him off the floor. Mm -hmm. It was more, more heavy than I thought. So on the spot, they had to rig a skateboard on a pole on a bicycle seat, and David had to get up on this bicycle seat, and then they put ropes around around it, and I had to keep him squeezed, keep his knees and his back up and his head so he's in frame. And, and, and meanwhile, between my legs and <laughs> is this rig, this, skateboard with a pole and a bicycle seat and I had to kind of walk bow-legged around this contraption while they pulled it down the hallway and then I had to dump him in the bed at the hotel room and I tell you my shins were a mess (laughs) but it was you know it it would hurt but only after it was done did you realize that you're completely bruised you know that was you know, it's really challenging trying to get these scenes done right without, uh, and a lot of them are, are painful. There's this one scene where I have, uh, Farnsworth is telling me that, um, you know, he's gone, that uh, Newton is gone, and uh, he's trying to give me some money, and I'm in his office, and I'm crying, and then I have to, I like, say, I want my Tommy, I want Tommy back. And I clear the desk with my hands 
and mm-hmm. knock all Farnsworth, his lamp, all his stuff off the desk. And that's kind of the end of the scene. And I had to do that several times. And I had to karate chop all this stuff off. And, and yeah, I was pretty bruised up after that. But it's just so worth it, you know. It's just so worth it. All those bruises are temporary. But the effect that is on film is, you know, forever. So it's... Uh, you get a little hurt, but no big deal. I know this is one of those questions that a lot of times, uh, you know, you'll hear actors and actresses get asked this, but uh, but I am kind of curious if, if what your answer is going to be because I know it's tough. It's like it's like asking someone to pick their favorite child, but you've been in so many different movies through the years, and I know I have some personal favorites. I I, I love you know like Blue Thunder and Cat's Eye and A Close Range. It, do you have, uh, and, and this could be for any reason, like this could be maybe for the movie itself or maybe just the experience you had making the movie. Are there some that really stand out for you as, you know, that's one that I will always look back on more fondly than the rest, and, and, and what would that be? Well, uh, the obvious, which is American Graffiti, and mm-hmm. because that gets a lot of notice and has a huge fan base, especially in the uh, vintage car world and oh, absolutely. world. And um, so that one gets brought to my attention constantly. And the Man of the Earth, because it was such an extensive part, and plus all the aging that went on. You know, the character went from young to old. And so that was a real part that you really had to think about and puzzle it out and and try to decide, you know, now how many years have passed here, you know? Uh, <laughs> it was constantly, you know, trying to figure out because, uh, you know, all the uh, uh, David Bowie's character never aged, but the rest of us did. So we always had to track the time so we'd all kind of be aging the same. Um, but uh, I just recently did a film called Cold Moon, and mm-hmm. that was such a great experience. Uh, it's not out yet, but it was... One of the best experiences I've had in a long, long time because it was, I think I have the best experiences when it's a, a a real big part where I can really get into it and I'm there for several weeks. And, of course, I'm thinking about, now I'm thinking about the big sleep. <laughs> and that was oh, yeah, like you and a Robert couple of months yeah. in England. That was great. A couple of months in England working with Robert Mitchum. <laughs> I mean, uh, what could be better, really? And then um, at close range with Chris Walken and Sean Penn. And that was when Sean was dating Madonna hot and heavy and she came to the set and was there for a while. I mean, they're just all Roy, working with Roy Scheider and, uh, on Blue Thunder. And uh, every single one of them is, is a lot of fun, especially if I'm there for a uh, more than a day. If it if it's just like a a little bit part, it's okay. But it, it's just not, you know, as much fun as a as a part where you're there for a while and you get to know the director and the producer and you know it's more of a family feeling. Yeah, and I imagine it's hard sometimes too when you have to leave that. You know, like when you've been working with somebody for that long of a period of time, and you you do get to be almost like a family unit, and then having to walk away from that and know, you know, well, I'm not going to see these people for either a really long time or possibly ever again. You know, it, it's kind of yeah. got to be. 
guys kind of got to hurt a little bit. <laughs> it does, you know, and you'll have the rap party and, you know, it, it is a, a, a sad because you have to quickly get involved with these people and then uh, because, you know, you can't be hesitant about the relationships. You know, you just got to jump in. And it's really like being with the circus, you know. I like the early mornings when you arrive really early, like 4 and 5 in the morning, and you see the uh, the food wagon and the steam's coming off of that. You get your burrito, and then you go into makeup. And it, it's just There's just a whole kind of ritual that goes with it that is just, it's just different from any other type of job, you know. It's just really, 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 really fun. And that's why so many people want to do acting because, you know, they hear the stories about it and, you know, it, it gives you travel, it, it gives you instant relationships and, it's, you know, and you do the work and you're in front of the camera. There's the whole thing with the the sound guy and you know there's just so much involved and it's just i just love it i really do yeah well candy i just can't thank you enough uh it's been great talking to you and i'm looking forward to seeing you on friday are you going to be there are you going to be at the i will will absolutely i would not miss it it's going to be great really unique about this i want to tell you it's it's for free yeah there's no admission, so it's come on, come all. You know, well, and what I and what I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we can get a lot of people there who have never seen this before, because I, I want to see what the reactions are. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, I mean, seriously, because you know, it's it's, know. it's always great. I think nowadays, more than ever, with uh, there's a lot of repertory cinemas that are popping up, and being able to see people that have never seen these movies before that that are experiencing them for the first time. It's really wonderful to see what the reactions are, and I, I think sometimes, especially with movies like this, they really do hold up, and you know, people really can appreciate, you know, what went into it. So uh, well, I'm anxious you to know, see people. It, it's uh, it's now a classic, and mm-hmm. uh, someone just forwarded me on my Facebook page that Rolling Stone. It's number two of the 50 uh, sci-fi movies from the 70s. It's number two behind Alien, and it's before Star Wars. So, bingo. How, how about that? <laughs> how about that? That's in Rolling Stone right now. You know, their uh, online thing. I'm like, oh, my God, we're number two. That's fabulous. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it was really ahead of its time in the structure. And and now that David Bowie, oh, one more thing about David Bowie. He's doing a play, a musical play, I guess a drama, in New York City, off-Broadway, of The Man Who Fell to Earth. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's going to be called Lazarus. Look it up on the Internet. I will. I can't, I really want to go and see who who plays my part (laughs) and how they (laughs) do it. I would really love to see, you know, Mary Lou and, you know, singing and you know, done differently. I, I, I think it's a great idea, really. That's incredible. Well, we'll see if we can yeah. find some information about that and spread that around to people as well. Yeah, spread it around. <laughs> so well, David, Bowie, David Bowie still loves the movie, apparently, because he's doing a, a musical. And it's great that they can find a way to, to, again, kind of bring that into modern-day audiences and let people experience it in a whole new way. You know, it's amazing. Oh, I, yeah. It's a great idea, a great idea. 
So anyway, I'm very happy and and uh, excited about you know doing the question and answer and watching the film again. I think I'm going to sit there. I haven't seen it in a long, long time, and especially on a I don't know how big the screen will be at the theater. I hope it's a good size screen, but still with the sound and everything, it'll be a real good experience and seeing it with a bunch of people. So. Well, I will make sure and stop by and say hello. And uh, I really, I really appreciate you talking to me. It's, it's been a thrill. I've always wanted to meet you and have a chance to talk to you. And so this has been great. And uh, <laughs> I can't, can't wait to see you on Friday. Yay! All right. <laughs> Thanks then. so much, Candy. I'll talk okay. to you soon. Bye bye. All right, bye bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.